This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, so I just touched down in New York City. MG. I know, right? Um, And, you know, I was kind of nervous about flying because, you know, I just haven't flown in a while. The last time I flew was for my dad's funeral. And um, this is going to like a really big city. And there wasn't actually a lot of people there. I was pretty shocked. Well, for, late, for it to be like Labor Day, like weekend traveling. You got lucky. Also, people are, are unfortunately avoiding New York maybe because of the flood. So I'm happy you missed yes. that, Ryan. No, seriously. And I am absolutely exhausted. The fact that I'm here right now doing the show. Committed. Means I deserve a race. <laughs> so when um, our boss is hearing this. Yep. I hope you're also hearing money signs. Cha-ching. Because, yeah, the price is going up. No, but I'm seriously excited to be here um, in New York City. It's Fashion Week. It's also MTV BMAs are happening this weekend. It's a big week in NYC. It's going to be a fun, fun time. So I can't wait to just have a a wonderful time. And I'm happy to be here with you. I'm so excited to hear about all the adventures. I'll be here in my sweats, but I'll be thinking about you. Yeah, I guess. Do I need to say why I'm in New York? Hey, it's it's up to you. Okay, I breaking say, news. Um, I am hosting the VMA after show. Woo! Oh, we don't have any <laughs> amazing. And so that's why I'm hosting it for MTV. And if you want to check that out, uh, just follow me on the socials. Omg. And yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, you can watch me recap everything that's happening on Sunday the twelfth live it's a the show's not hybrid it's like literally in person at the Barclays Center and so it's gonna be fun I'm just gonna I'm be a excited fun time. for you oh my god I know little baby's we'll be up. watching little we'll be watching and sharing oh, thanks we are so proud of you Ryan it's gonna be live on uh, it's gonna be live on Twitter it's gonna be live on YouTube it's gonna be live on everywhere. TikTok it's gonna be live everywhere it's, it's gonna holy be holy mother yeah, it's, it's, a, it's gonna be a pretty intense moment okay yeah, what's coming up on You're the gonna show? You're going to kill it. Yeah, that's how I got me at this point. Well, coming up, what it means to be a flux. That's at 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Plus, why a new made-for-TV movie about the Royals is being called out as tasteless. That's in the T-Report with Ryan in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Pete Buttigieg and his husband, Chastin, are now the proud parents of not one, but two babies. This is so sweet. The couple shared the happy news on Twitter on Saturday, sharing a photo of their bundles of joy, as well as their names, Penelope Rose and Joseph August. And they included this. Chastin and I are beyond thankful for all the kind wishes since first sharing the news that we're becoming parents. We are delighted to welcome Penelope Rose and Joseph August Buttigieg to our family. 
So congrats again to the couple. This is so sweet. We're so happy for them. Now, California governor, uh, not governor, gubernatorial recall candidate. She's trying to be governor. Caitlyn Jenner, of course, had to add her thoughts on the Texas law effectively banning abortions. Here's what she had to share on CNN. I am for a women's right to choose. I am also for a state uh, having the ability to make their own laws. Um, And so I support Texas in that decision. That's their decision. Um, I'm okay with that. But as far as being a woman's right to choose, uh, I don't see any changes in our laws in California in the future. Okay, Caitlyn Jenner. And again, if you haven't voted, get your ballot or if you have your ballot, Get it into the mail. The deadline is September 14th. That's when it's all going down. And finally, the Taliban have announced the formation of their interim government for Afghanistan, with key roles being shared among veterans of the militant group and their allies. And the lineup of the interim government was announced in a news conference in Kabul by one of the Taliban's spokesmen, who said, Our government won't be based on ethnicity. We will not allow this type of politics. And it's important to note that the government announcement didn't include any roles for women. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so fans are calling out a new TV movie called Escaping the Palace. And of course, it's all about the royal family. And you won't believe why. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Harry and Meghan, Escaping the Palace, the third made-for-movie, uh, made-for-TV movie from Lifetime, will dramatize um, basically the family, uh, Harry and Meghan, uh, the whole controversy, conscious uncoupling from the crown mm-hmm. as what they crowned it uh, after the birth of their son Archie according to this like synopsis of the whole thing in this film though here's where it goes dark in this film it shows Meghan Markle dying beneath an overturned car following a horror crash in its opening scene it basically echoes the death of Princess Diana and has been branded by so many of the fans who saw this trailer as tasteless and just disgusting by viewers. So this was revealed um, that the movie is going to open up with this dream sequence, uh, which sees Megan involved in this car accident just days after... um, I, I, I think this was announced like the trailer was dropped just days after the 24th anniversary of Princess Diana's death in Paris. And the fact that they, they're saying that this is going to happen in this film, this dream sequence, it pissed viewers off in ways that I don't know. I'm surprised people actually stood up for that, like stood up for Megan in this way and, 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 and just the whole thing altogether. Outraged viewers have taken to Twitter with one writing, this is in bad taste. I don't believe they can make a series like this Another simply branded it a tasteless and ab- ab- abhorrent. Um, this another one says this is a bang out of order. WTF? While one call it the lowest of the low, accusing mm. the film of cashing in on Princess Diana's death. What do we think about this? Yeah, I think it's in bad taste. It's taking it too far. It's gratuitous. I get it. Like you know, Harry has spoken out about the fact that a lot of what Megan was going through mirrored what he felt his mom had gone through and he was worried that the same thing would happen. Yeah. That said, do you need a nightmare of her dying in that way? No. I don't know. And I mean, Lifetime, you're not even that great at making movies for y'all to be going out into this way and doing this. But that's your T-Report. Now, we've been talking a lot about the California recall election, why one expert says that 
Governor Gavin Newsom has nothing to be worried about. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As the California recall election is coming up on September 14th, there's a lot of concern about what's going to happen. But according to our next guest, Governor Gavin Newsom has nothing to worry about. Dan Moraine joins us right now, former editorial page editor of the Sacramento Bee and the author of Kamala's Way, An American Life. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. So everyone seems very concerned and for good reason. Why do you think that Newsom will survive this and even emerge stronger? Yeah, well, you, you you said at the opening that he has nothing to worry about. He does have something to worry about. But, you know, this is such a Democratic state and Republicans are in such a minority in California that it, it's just really hard. The math is really hard for Republicans to pull this off. You know, not that they necessarily should. I'm not sure this is a great idea. <laughs> in fact, I'm not. In fact, I'm convinced it's not a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. Um, I, I do wonder, especially if you think he has high hopes of winning this and not, you know, the recall not, you know, going through in this way. How do we not get here again? Like, what needs to happen? Because if, if it was so easy to call you know, for a recall, I'm just like. Right. That's such a good question. Um, yeah, You know, California's had this recall situation since, since 1911. So, uh, so it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's not going to go away. But, um, but it's not. It's it's so you know. Sort of every governor faces a recall effort. They almost never succeed. But this is the second one in uh, since 2003 that's gotten on the ballot. It's not that hard, really, to get it on the ballot if you have enough money. And these guys, you know, these guys raise money from you know Mike Huckabee. Uh, and other Republicans around the country. And so they were able to get it on the ballot. The latest poll from the Public Policy Institute of California shows voters preferring to keep Newsom in office 58% to 39%. That seems to have changed because it, it was pretty tight. What happened? Uh, well, you know what? I'm not sure it was really very tight to begin with. I, okay. I, I think those early polls just were not very uh, accurate or smart. Um, and, and, you know, even if they were, it was taken before Newsom really started campaigning before, you know, the guys raised more than $60 million to fight this. That's a lot of money, yeah. uh, even in California. So, uh, you know, he's he it was before any before his campaign began. And he really is, um, you know, he's engaged. He's running up and down the state. He's he's everywhere. Um, and the Democratic Party is, is is really quite, you know, formidable in California. Yeah, and for me, I feel like polls have shown us, especially in modern political history, that they're not really trustworthy. Um, so it, it feels like, should we even be going by these polls, especially in a moment like this that just feels like, this feels like the twilight zone, in all honesty. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, again, that's a, that's, that's a great question because, you know, you're right. The polls have been off, um, but they've been right in California. Um, they're not uh, polling um, uh, some Republicans, sort of Trump Republicans, because Trump Republicans um, just are not picking up the phone. Um, but uh, but the poll, the, the poll that you cited, the Public Policy Institute California poll, um, they're pretty good. Um, they have shown themselves to be very accurate. Um, so, so while there are certain polls that I would discount, I, I would not discount the PPIC poll. 
And so how would he emerge out of this? And what can he do differently so that he doesn't get the same backlash? Or is that just expected? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, they're, they're you know, I mean, remember, Donald Trump got more votes in California than he got in any other state. He got six million votes. It takes about a million and a half um, signatures on petitions to, to mount a recall. So, yeah, so, yeah, of course, he could be he could face another recall. There are six million Californians we know who don't like Gavin Newsom, uh, just on the natural. They're Trump voters. Um, uh, but that said, you know, if he wins, if he wins by double digits, um, you know, 55, 45, something like that. Well, you know, he's a lot stronger uh, than than he was before this, it seems to me anyway. Um, it doesn't really matter what I think. You know, I mean, really very smart political people think that he emerges a lot stronger. He's built a huge network of, of supporters through this um, recall, and um, and they'll be there uh, the next time he, he has a, a serious campaign. Okay, well, that was Dan Moraine, former editorial page editor of the Sacramento Bee, author of Kamala's Way in American Life. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for having me. And remember to turn in your ballot September 14th. Be part of a democracy. Now coming up, should travelers avoid Mexico as Delta is surging? Why the situation is complicated and what to do about it? That's what the Washington Post next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As Delta surges, many states and other countries are telling travelers, don't come here. One of those destinations is Mexico, which has become a hot spot in more ways than one. Natalie Compton joins us right now, travel reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, what is happening over there? I mean, it seems like Mexico has been a place for a lot of travelers, like Cancun, Cabo, Mexico City. Has it been an issue for COVID throughout the pandemic or just now? It has definitely been an issue for people who live there, people who are visiting there throughout the pandemic. It's a place that stayed open 
a place that welcomes American travelers. It's a country that is very heavily dependent on tourism. So they welcome people for a long time. Um, the issue is, of course, for a long time, we didn't have a vaccine. They didn't require any testing to get out there. And so, of course, when America had coronavirus surges, Mexico does as well. So it's not as though coronavirus does not exist there. They're having a very similar surge as we are. And uh, fortunately, they do have a higher rate of vaccine than they did, you know, six months ago. Mm -hmm. So things are changing, but it's definitely not in the clear there yet. Yeah, and I feel like it's just never that, the the conversation is never that simple to just be like, don't Mm -hmm. go there. It feels like it's more nuanced. Can you talk about that? Sure. So I spent time talking to a number of people who live in Mexico, some who worked directly in the tourism industry, some who did not. And it was a really interesting conversation with everybody because it isn't as clear as don't come. In fact, I didn't speak to anybody who said flat out, do not come. They said, if you're vaccinated and you're going to be respectful when you're here, you're going to watch for what are the local regulations? Should I be wearing a mask? They were happy to have those tourists. In fact, they encouraged it. They said, if you are coming here to appreciate Mexican culture and you want to be a responsible tourist, that's fine. What they don't want is people who are coming and feeling like there is no pandemic here. I'm on vacation. Those are the tourists who are giving American travelers a bad name. And and unfortunately, those are many tourists who are going down there. So if you are thinking about going down to Mexico right now, something that a couple of different people who live in Mexico said, they encourage people to get a test before you come. Not only is that for the safety of the traveler and the local person who lives there, but the United States requires you get a test before you return. So you might go down there with COVID and not even know it. And if you try to get your COVID test to go home, you'll be stuck there for at least 10 days and uh, you can't go home until you test positive. So or test negative. Uh, So it's in your best interest to not go there if you already have coronavirus. It's in your best interest to not get coronavirus right there. And uh, that kind of encouraged people to be better travelers. However, we do know that there are travelers who go down there, test positive, get stuck. So it's a really complicated issue right now. Well, also in understanding the responsibility that you are around locals who might Mm -hmm. not have the same access that you do and obviously the privilege that you do as a traveler. And just how do you find that balance in going there and supporting their tourism while also respecting the people there something that most people said they were they were pretty focused on the masking issue it is something that maybe not everybody has access to the vaccine yet especially if you're talking about rural communities and those communities also don't have access to hospitals medical care Mm -hmm. they're out very vulnerable so if you are still going to visit those places they encourage people just keep wearing a mask. It would be best if you're vaccinated. Don't come to Mexico if you're not. And um, make sure you're keeping social distance from people if you are going to go visit people, keeping your mask on while you're inside, trying to dine outdoors. There are all these different things that you can do for risk mitigation measures that are pretty simple and common sense. But we do see that a lot of people go down and think, oh, I'm on vacation. Yeah. I don't have to do this anymore. And in fact, you absolutely have to, especially because there are a lot of vulnerable communities there. I mean, I will say in your reporting, it says around 26% of the population is fully vaccinated. That just seems really low. So what are we Mm -hmm. doing, like the United States, our country, and the the administration doing to make sure that increases where more folks are getting vaccinated? I wish I could speak to that. I'm honestly not sure. I know the United States wants to become the global arsenal for vaccines, but whether or not that means 
people in rural Oaxaca are going to benefit from that anytime soon is right. totally up in the air. So it feels like for now, your best move is you personally get vaccinated before you go because that reduces your chance of getting it, reduces your chance of spreading it because we know that it's a really slow process. And, and a lot of that percentage of the people who in Mexico are vaccinated are congregated in big cities. So not everybody's going to big cities. What does feel a little bit comforting is that a lot of destinations that are very popular with tourists, they know that having a strong vaccination rate is going to encourage tourism. So places like Los Cabos and places like Riviera Maya, part of their marketing now is talking about, oh, we're we have a 90 percent populated adult uh, population is vaccinated now. And, and that is something that encourages people to come, but is also protecting their their population. So we know that it is being encouraged in the hospitality industry and whether or not that's I mean, it feels like a very complicated thing to think that is a uh, good thing, but at least it means people Mm -hmm. are getting vaccines. Okay, well, thank you for that. That was Natalie Compton, travel reporter at The Washington Post. Safe traveling to you. Thank you. Good night. Night. Coming up, why this mom lets her baby eat dirt. And is that actually okay? (laughs) That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A TikToker coming up, Fern, is showing how she's raising her baby to be really natural. Is she raising her baby or is she ruining and killing her? Well, let's play this clip. Why I let my exclusively breastfed baby eat sticks, rocks, sand, dirt, and unsanitized shopping carts. In the last couple hundred years, the allopathic industry has taken the world by storm. This did not happen by accident. It happened after a series of billion-dollar campaigns intended to shift the public's perspective on health. I do not fear bacteria. In fact, I welcome it. I trust nature and my baby. It is not a coincidence babies have this instinct while they are breastfeeding. You know what I just thought about? <laughs> what if that's not even her baby? That's her, like her baby brother, and she's just being like facetious for the internet. Maybe it's making her popular. I mean, yeah, why put that scary music? If you're not trying to scare people, why put the scary music? Because she looks really young. I mean, not saying that she can be as, you know, shout, it's, you know. It's interesting. It's like Adam's family vibes, right? But, like, the baby's actually this, like, really big, beautiful baby. Um, and Before seems very healthy. it starts to get a bacteria infection and well, becomes a small, big, be- small, beautiful baby. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So, it, it like, it has been discussed how... The, the what, what are parent- you about to tell no, me? No, 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 no. I'm not going to go where you think I'm going to go Okay. okay? Right. Just give me a moment. Okay. To gather my thoughts. All, All right. right. So the thing is, I do think we we um, protect our children too much these days. Like, okay, so you are overly going sanitized. Exactly no. No, I think, I think that there is a bit of an over-sanitization thing going on. No. But there's a reason. Wait a second. There's a reason why, like... Kids who um, aren't around dirt and all that, like you're more prone to get sicker because you're not helping your immune system. However, this is how, however, okay, it's actually not healthy to put random stuff like that in your mouth or stomach. You can, according to experts, you could pierce your intestines and also not giving them antibiotics to save his life. So you're basically setting your baby up for failure because say they do get a bacteria because bacteria, there are good ones and bad ones and say they get the bad one through what what she's doing. And then she's not into antibiotics. So you're not even going to save your kid and help them out. I'm sorry. I want to re-examine that first statement of yours. It's, <laughs> no, it's, I do. Is is what? What do you mean by that? Like too much hand sanitizer? Too yeah, I'm much just saying, bathing? Like we, we are we going back to that conversation <laughs> no. about bathing your kids barely? I, I do think the we overly protect. Like you're like, don't touch that. We're going to do this. Blah, blah. Well, you shouldn't like, touch things. Like 
you, you know, mean? getting I, I think kids are meant to play in the dirt and all that doesn't mean you eat the dirt. I don't I don't I mean, yeah, I think kids are meant to play in sand. Um Kids but, are meant to have fun and play like but then Obviously, you're supposed to teach them, like, don't drink water. Like, for, for instance, I was at a pool the other week, and the baby was eating the, or drinking the pool water. Or we've been talking Ew. about how, you know, the flash floods and you people, know, like, jumping okay, in. Right. It's not okay. Yeah. So, would you say, like, I think that this mom is just saying, like, let babies just do what they want to do. No, you're there for a reason. You're a parent for a reason. Obviously, that, she needs to, CPS. If she is the mother of that child, I'm sorry. Honestly, I want to find her to her the TikTok and call CPS because oh, I'm sure she, they've been. Fla- I'm sure people have flagged this. She to should CPS. not be right. I mean, it just seems really irresponsible. I mean, it reminds me of a. a there's an R&B singer. Her name is Summer Walker, and she was saying that she was only feed like she was uh, her baby is a newborn, and she was only making sure her baby was like organic at that age, and I'm like fresh out the womb and the baby looks the baby's leg looks so skinny i'm telling you i'm well, sorry these the, new age by mothers, the way like i'm i'm vegan vegetarian but you're not supposed to necessarily feed that to a child y'all right are like, killing the kids the kids are not the future if they're looking like sticks now this baby got a little extra weight on it. This could could have lasted well, yeah, for at milk. least for Let a good six you. months but, but if she keeps feeding him something he's gonna eat a worm and have a tapeworm I don't know if that's how you get worms, like a tapeworm from a worm like that. You get it from, you could actually you know eat feces. Well, I, guess, well, I don't want to find out. I don't really want to find out. I want that to be the way that I think that's how you get it. <laughs> I don't want to find out really how I get it. Although when you cut worms up and they make other worms, then I think about that in your body. Why it's do crazy. you know? I research That's the question. Things. No, she was the kid that was eating Play-Doh and glue, Elmer's glue I, I ate, when she um, was like four, five. Wait. Actually, I did eat fish food when I was younger. And that's why she is the way she is. What's coming up next? Uh, We've got what's trending this hour. Uh, Will Smith's surprise to the new star of his TV show that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back. And coming up on the show, what does it mean to be Ace Flux and why this micro label is gaining traction? Plus, Will Smith surprised a star of his Fresh Prince revival, or is it called sequel? Whatever you get what I'm saying. And what went down? That's in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a voting restrictions bill into law. Election integrity is now law in the state of Texas. Well, the bill restricts the hours counties can offer early voting and it prohibits drive through voting. The bill also blocks counties from sending unsolicited mail-in voting applications. It also places new rules around mail-in voting, including setting new limits on those who help voters, including those with disabilities, to cast their ballots. Okay. Now, a federal court has ruled that a North Carolina Catholic school wrongfully fired a teacher in 2014 just because he was gay. Last Friday, a U.S. district judge ruled that the Catholic uh, Charlotte Catholic High School and the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Charlotte, North Carolina, wrongfully fired gay substitute drama and English teacher Lonnie Billard in 2014. It was ruled that the school violated federal protections against sex discrimination under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. The judge wrote that the school's actions weren't protected by constitutional rights to religious freedom. Yeah, you can't just fire someone because they're gay. It's wrong and illegal. 
And finally, the White House is asking Congress for $14 billion in aid to respond to natural disasters that occurred before Hurricane Ida, as well as $6.4 billion to pay for the ongoing relocation of tens of thousands of Afghans who partnered with the U.S. during the war in Afghanistan. The administration anticipates that another $10 billion will have to be approved in disaster relief for Hurricane Ida as well. And the hope is that Congress approves a short-term extension in government funding so that there isn't a partial government shutdown October 1st. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's going on in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so let's talk Will Smith because he has finally found his new fresh prince. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So I don't know if y'all knew this, but a year after plans were originally revealed for a drama reboot of um, of Will Smith's classic sitcom, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the rapper-turned-TV actor-turned-movie star has tapped newcomer and West Philadelphia native Jabari Banks as Bel Air's Will. Here is uh, actually Will Smith in a very sweet moment surprising Jabari with the big news. What's up, man? What's up? Yo! <laughs> What's up, Philly? What's up, Philly? Oh, what's up? I'm good, I'm good. It is an absolute pleasure to, to meet you, to be on with you and from the deepest parts of my heart i want to say congratulations to you uh you have the role of will on bel-air i'm ready i'm so ready yo i'm ready to bite down when did you you know first hear about it and decide to pursue the role so my dad sent me actually this article about it he was like, yo, you should really do this. And I was like, dad, that's not how auditions work. <laughs> I thought that was oh so God, funny. That is so true. My dad does that to me. It's like, just, just got this part. No, girl, my mom thinks I'm going to be like Gail King on CBS. And she's like, I can't wait to see you on Gail, uh, CBS oh, News one that's day. So sweet. I'm like, girl, CBS News is so boring. Anyway, yeah, come on. <laughs> if you didn't know, this this show is not going to be like the original Fresh Prince of Billy. It's going to be a drama take. It was based off of actually um, an indie version that was put out, like a fan-made trailer of the show. I do remember And this. they picked it up. And no word when it's going to be coming out, but it's going to be on the streaming service Peacock. So get ready for that because I'm very, very excited. Um, it's just It just looks really good. That's your tea report. I'm done spilling. Now coming up, why you might be seeing more male nudity on TV than ever before. And are you okay with that? We get into it next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. 
Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, full frontal female nudity, I can barely say that, has been a norm in sex scenes, of course, as we know in film and TV. But now what we're seeing more is full frontal male nude scenes. And is this the new norm? Do we want this all to be the new norm? <laughs> um, I think with any nudity in, in the storytelling of TV or film, it has to make sense. Um, yeah. For me, I don't really care. Uh, I think it's been awesome to be, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Men should be objectified more. Because Uh, women have spent decades... Tell me about it. ...being objectified. And um, I'm okay with it. I think it it works uh, for me. You know, not every penis um, is a monolith. (laughs) Not every penis needs to be seen. And not every... I mean, all penises look different, and I... Free the penis. I think there are some really pretty penises out there. And most of the time, if you're seeing a penis on, on, on air, like on... A project, it's either prosthetic, like it's not even like a real penis. Yeah, let's be real. So, this came up a lot on social media recently because of the show Sex Life on Netflix, and everyone was reacting to the scene. I don't want to, you know, have any spoilers here, but where one of the characters. I mean, mean, that show's been out forever. Okay, so spoiler. Yeah, who cares? uh, It basically cuts to him, his frontal, his penis, um, and it's very big and it comes out of nowhere did you just turn into like a five like you can't even talk about penises girl i can't i mean i was remembering the moment so here's the thing i mean it became a big moment in, uh, in the show and then i guess you could say it made it viral in many ways kind of like 50 shades of gray style at the same time like no, none other time do they do they show anyone's um, junk. They show a lot of butts, and the woman you should see her chest and her butt a lot. But then it becomes like, did you need to see that? Could you have shown well, or like represented that he had big junk another way? Actually, I think that po- that that part in that show was actually needed because of the way the story's being told and like the guy, her husband is following yeah. this guy and he he sees yet another reason why this woman loves this <laughs> man, right? And so that hurts his ego. That tells you more about that character, informs the story and the storyline even more. I think what's the really interesting thing about this is how intimacy coordinators have kind of changed because I, I want to know, I guess, how they, intimacy coordinators basically help these scenes from like you know because i mean men there it's gonna get it's gonna get erect if it's gonna get erect and i wonder I how you control that right i always think about that uh i think about it too i also think about if you're a good actor and you're just like in the moment you want to feel for that person and i know no, you have angles stop not, and go stop and go want to feel i yeah and, and that's what acting is all about you need to fake it yeah to you make have it. to fake it you can't be getting like you know, uh, erect and stuff. Like, that's that's actually inappropriate. But I know but you sometimes can't control it, it No, you so can't you, control you, it. Like, you better control it. Uh, you, I don't know. Well, we're not intimacy coordinators, but it's becoming a burgeoning... A burgeoning? No, is a burgeoning industry. I can barely say that word. 
When Cher wants to use big words and fails. <laughs> when I'm talking about big things, uh, oh I lose my, my train God. of thought. So here's the thing. It's becoming a bigger industry, yeah. and it, it is cool to see. Uh, I love the it's idea. It's cool to see a lot. I, I love the idea of someone being an intimacy coordinator, of creating more intimacy. I have a friend who has a company uh, that uh, uh, she actually started in the pandemic uh, and, and actually has a really a great business and is working on a lot of shows right now. Well, um, teaching more about you know Bridgerton brought that up really because of how it was so front and center Bridgerton did not start no no I'm saying but they brought I I remember seeing a lot about the show and then of course uh, more about how every show has an intimacy coordinator yeah I know I'm just thinking about Bridgerton right now and how much it was so there was not that much sex in Bridgerton I know I was very disappointed actually I waited many episodes (laughs) to get to that when you think about it there was but when it happens it was like the floodgates yeah but then it was just like, yeah, it wasn't even worth it. But I do think I'm okay with seeing that more if it if it fits for the story and makes sense. I, this idea that porn is now influencing um, and, and and starting we're starting to see it more so in in shows. I mean, if you link internationally in the UK, it gets if you watch international films. It, there's sex and they showing it all. Like it's actual sex sometimes in these indie international films. And so I think America, this country, is the only country that kind of feels like really weird when it comes to seeing body parts and nudity. We're still talking about it. Yeah. How many decades later? Yeah. I mean, since the beginning of time, we've been doing this, folks. It shouldn't be that surprising when it's within a story. Let us know what you think. Are you okay with seeing more of everything on TV this these days at LGT shows where you can find us on social media? But coming up, we're getting into what it means to be Ace Flux and why it's a micro ra- label that is gaining a lot of traction right now. That is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Ace Flux is a micro-label that's gaining traction in the asexual community. And joining us right now to explain more is Joe Court, a Florida-based sex therapist and co-director of Modern Sex Therapy Institutes. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, let's get into it. What is Ace Flux exactly? So it's really like, when you think of gender fluidity or sexual fluidity, it's ace fluidity. It's really people going back and forth between being different types of asexuals. Okay. Um, and there's so there's so many new kind of micro-labels that are uh, starting to gain this traction. Are, are there any others that we need to kind of understand and, and know that you can kind of uh, help us, I mean, introduce us to? Yeah, they're new to me, too, so I, I may stumble a little bit. But what I like, you know, people get so crazy, like, how come all these labels are making things up? The labels were inadequate to begin with. We did, you know, we had male, female, gay, straight. They were inadequate. That's not enough. There's so many nuances. So, like, with asexual, there are, are there, you know, different kinds. Like, there are people, you can, you can be asexual and have no drive, no desire, all the way to having lots of desire and drive, but not want to be with people, you know, um, as a therapist, I used to think, well, gosh, you have this robust sex life with yourself. Why wouldn't you want it with your partner? What's going on? If you're asexual, if nothing's going on. You're asexual. Mm, so yeah. interesting. Do you find people, though, even if they finally recognize they're asexual, still feeling like they need to be with a partner? And like, how much of that is societal versus how much is that like just biological drive? 
Well, uh, let's not be mistaken. They're still romantic, right? Mm, so uh, some yeah. people can be aromantic, but asexuals often are very romantic and they do want partners, but they don't want to be sexual with partners. The issue is when you fall in love, we fall, all fall into limerence. So they, everybody's sex drive goes up when you're in limerence and you're first in love. And so, so do asexuals. So suddenly they're able to participate in sex with a person until limerence dies down after six, 18 months, six months, uh, you know, at the least. And then now they go back to normal and they're in this, um, this desire discrepancy relationship. They don't want to lose the relationship, but they don't want to be sexual. Well, and that's the interesting thing, because I think um, afflux people, especially if they are trying to manage relationships or date and, and find people, it's often probably very difficult, I would assume, because a lot of people just don't get it. And they don't even understand how they would navigate it. So how do afflux people kind of navigate in that space of trying to manage relationships or even start? one. I know what's really, they have to have a really good sense of self-awareness, right? If they don't, then they don't know what's going on with themselves. If they do, then they can say to a partner, listen, I fluctuate between sometimes wanting to be sexual, sometimes not, sometimes wanting to please you only, um, uh, sometimes only wanting to be pleased or not at all, or I, I might be disgusted sometimes. It, it can be all over the place and really getting the buy-in from a partner. And that is the, 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 that's difficult. Why is this gaining traction now? I think that people are online and they're just admitting and talking. I mean, this has been going on right since 2000. People online, people being able to talk freely, anonymously, and people are sharing more and more things that they're interested in and that they're about who they are. And then there's, they're forming groups like, well, this is, this is interesting. I'm not alone. Let's, call, let's have a name for this. Yeah, and I think especially as we talk about representation, especially when it comes into media, I wonder, do you think we're seeing enough afflux or asexual representation uh, that could really inspire people and educate people? I don't think we're seeing enough of it. I think we need to be, and I'm hoping it'll happen. I, I'm actually sure it's going to happen, but I don't know. Do, what do you do? You think that we're seeing enough of it? Well, I do. I will say there's a new show um, on uh, HBO Max called Generation, and they mm. introduced the asexual um, character, which was beautiful. You, at the, it was kind of like oh. you kind of knew about it, and it's all about um, kind of Gen Z and how they explore sexuality and identity and just kind of experiencing it through the lens of a conservative neighborhood. Oh. And, and so I would, I would. Would recommend everyone to watch that show because you really do get to see different perspectives especially an asexual one and so i think I it's it. getting there but not as much as we need to but we want to keep you around yep more with dr joe court and the modern sex therapy institutes that's next let's go there with shira and ryan channel q we are back with Joe Court, a Florida-based sex therapist and co-director of Modern Sex Therapy Institutes. We just talked about Ace Flux, what it is. Definitely check it out if you missed the chat about that on our podcast. Let's go there on the Odyssey app. But we want to get into, uh, Joe, what Modern Sex Therapy Institutes is. So it is a training facility. We offer PhDs for clinical sexology for therapists who want to learn and be uh, aware, be sexually aware, sexually knowledgeable. We offer certifications in sex therapy for therapists who don't want a PhD but just want to be certified. And then we have a bunch of other things. We have a transgender health certification, trauma certification in sexual health, um, couples in sexual health, LGBTQIA. I started that one with them years oh, wow. ago. Uh, so we do a lot of things where people want to learn and be knowledgeable. And I, I love that because... 
um, I think of how everything, especially our community, the LGBTQ plus community, is intersectional. And I wonder, how do you um, put in intersectionality into the sexual space? Like, How do you kind of navigate teaching and educating folks about that on top of everything else? We try to stay very much on top of this. So in our program, if you go to ModernSexTherapyInstitutes.com, you'll see all the different programming, all the different presentations. And we're being trained ourselves by people on intersectionality, on social justice. Um, and it's changing all the time. I mean, you know, the old days, I'm an older gay guy, right? I'm 58 years old. It used to be that everything was static forever. And now everything's changing regularly. And we, we have to stay on top of it, too. Definitely. So important, whether you're an expert in the field or you're part of it right i think everyone should know a bit about that even though even if they're not a therapist 100 percent, because otherwise that's what we tell therapists you're going to get left behind and i used to say this in the 90s when i would try to train straight therapists of working with lgbt if you don't understand our population you're going to be left behind mm. tell us more about your tiktok yeah because you're famous Oh, I so love my TikTok. Yeah, I had to get so used to the hate, though. I don't know. I, I never have read comments. When I go to people's stuff, I don't read the comments. But when it's you, you read them. Yeah. People are have been so... It's a very loving and warm. It is very... But there's a lot of negativity about the whole thing about mm-hmm. straight men who have sex with men, which you had me on the show before. And um, those are the, my biggest views. And people want to know that information. Yeah, and also... Stop reading the comments. I know people say that, but really, you got to ignore them because it's not helpful at all. And like maybe like just put out the content that you want to put out and it will impact the people that it's supposed to impact. I really appreciate you saying that. My social media team is telling me, and so is my husband, all the time. And I'm like, okay. And then I go and I start reading. I can't help it. (laughs) Joe, what's the latest thing you're going to talk about that might be controversial, you think? Um... You know, I try to, uh, that's a great question. I've talked about how cheating is a horrible thing in a relationship, but it can make your relationship better and you can recover from it and better than you've ever been oh. before. And that, it doesn't mean to go ahead and cheat and have a better relationship. But a lot of people think, well, you know, they equate cheating to almost like a murderer. Like, it, like and, and it, people do that for all kinds of different reasons. So I've been talking about that. My most pop, second most popular thing is narcissism. Oh. Coming from a narcissistic family, people really want that information. Well, we got to have you back to talk about that. That's for sure. That was Joe Cord, a Florida-based sex therapist, co-director of Modern Sex Therapy Institutes. Love having you back. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Next up, we've got updates on the investigation against HRC's Alfonso David and the controversy with former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The good vibes continue here on Channel Q. Let's go there. It's Tuesday, reminder, not Monday. I was about to say happy Monday. But coming up on the show, the flag debate in schools continues. Is it wrong to have anything but the American flag? We get into that in 15 minutes. Plus, actress Evan Rachel Wood is speaking up about her alleged abuser, Marilyn Manson, being featured on Kanye's latest album. That's in the tea report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden visited a New, a New Jersey town today, hit hard by Hurricane Ida, and shared this. For decades, uh, scientists have warned of extreme weather uh, would be more extreme, and climate change was here, and we're living through it now. We don't have any more time. In the Northeast, dozens are dead after the storm devastated the region just days after causing widespread damage in Louisiana. Meanwhile, Hurricane Larry is now a Category 3 storm over the Atlantic Ocean. 
Now, Alfonso David, the president of the Human Rights Campaign, has released a statement today accusing HRC's board chair, Morgan Cox, and the HRC Foundation's board chair, Jody Patterson, of asking him to resign, although an investigation into him has cleared him of any wrongdoing. Now, if you remember, David is a former Governor Cuomo aide and was named extensively in New York Attorney General Letitia James's report as part uh, as part of Cuomo's alleged cover-up, even after he left Cuomo's office in 2019. Now, he basically said that it's wrong and that he deserves to be given another chance. He said, I've been, spent my entire career speaking out for those who are left out and left behind, shocked and sick to my stomach. And finally, a coalition of activists from around the globe called for the postponement of a major United Nations climate summit this fall in Scotland, saying a combination of vaccine inequity, expensive lodging, and the ongoing coronavirus pandemic would exclude important voices, particularly those of people from small and developing nations hit hardest by global warming. The call to delay the crucial meeting came as the heads of the Catholic Orthodox and Anglican churches made an unprecedented joint declaration urging world leaders to tackle climate change with special attention paid to how a warming world will hurt the planet's most vulnerable people. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? So we all know Marilyn Manson is on Kanye West's new album, Donda. Well, guess what? His accusers are speaking out. It is time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So let's start at the beginning um, because Marilyn Manson is on the song Jail Part 2. This song also features DaBaby, um, which, of course, it it was the moment where, you know, Kanye decided to bring them out and make this whole infamous controversial moment. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Marilyn Manson is credited on the song as a writer and performer, and the song's lyrics are where it gets really, really just disgusting. The song's lyrics are about violence in the night and how we are all liars and, and having a rap sheet Um, as basically Marilyn's voice screams in the background, guess who's going to jail tonight? And if you don't know everything happening with Marilyn Manson, he has been accused by, you know, like a, a lot of women about kind of the physical sexual abuse that he has done to them, the emotional abuse. He's actually currently uh, going through some legal uh, troubles with this. And this collaboration um, made them so upset. It apparently nauseated Evan Rachel Wood, you know, the actress, who also was one of the first to speak out about him. Uh, She recently debuted her cover of You Get What You Give on Instagram. And she said this in the video. She says, I've been saving this, but it seems like the appropriate time. She said that before raising her middle fingers up when the song's lyrics uh, name dropped basically uh, Marilyn and in the caption she said for my fellow survivors who got slapped in the face this week I love you don't give Mm. up and so I mean I don't think Kanye West is even thinking about how this like it's a domino effect like you putting someone on this is just a slap in the face of survivors of domestic violence of survivors in general and it's just it's really not a good look I th- yeah, he obviously doesn't get it. He he's looking more. It seems at the the focus of them being canceled yeah. and like giving them a, a like a platform to share a, a different side of them or making a statement about that about cancel culture. Yeah, it's just disgusting. And I'm I'm happy that Ava, uh, Evan Rachel Wood is going to continue to speak out um, against this. And honestly, Kanye owes. All of them, uh, uh, all of them, an apology. But that's your T report. I got more coming up next hour. I'm done spilling.
Now coming up, we've talked about a teacher being fired for a pride flag. But is it okay to fire a teacher who has an Antifa flag in his classroom? The debate next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. California teachers are being fired for flags in their classroom. We talked about the teacher who had her uh, students do the, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Pledge of the Allegi- of Allegiance to the pride flag. She's Canadian. She doesn't do it. She doesn't pledge to the flag. I pledge to. She's barely a citizen. <laughs> okay. They're talking about build the wall they mean from her. <laughs> but this guy was making his his uh, kids encourage his students to attend protests for Antifa and had an Antifa flag in the classroom. Now, he's been fired. Wait, so is he a part of Antifa? It seems like that. I mean, he's a supporter of it. He um, also he wanted to turn his students into revolutionaries. He said so. Basically, yeah, he was he was pushing them uh, to Antifa. Now, Antifa is the far left militant group Trump hated, but they encourage uh, you know uh, violence. And so you, you could be into being progressive and left, but I think the minute you get into violence, it's wrong. Uh, well, okay. Here's the thing. They're too progressive. If we're looking at both teachers, they're obviously one's progressive. The other one is like extremist progressive. And I think anytime you start to teeter into that extremist side on of any like side of the pendulum and wherever it's swinging is very problematic. It's very intense. It's very um, dangerous. Yeah. Um, I think you know. I <laughs> I think he he is a person who probably feels like he wants to. The the only way to to have freedom and liberation is to burn it all down, and I think for a lot of protesters and 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 activists that. I think, you know, that's what they believe, and I, I think that's fine. Um, but I, I do think there can be uh, some issues if the the ideology becomes a little too much in some ways. Like, I, I do wonder where, what's the line? Whether it's, like, if he was, like, super conservative and he was, like, a MAGA extremist or whether he's, like, an Antifa extremist. Like, I don't really know. And also, right? it all depends on the community that you're in, right? So you'd be a MAGA extremist, but if you're in a community where that's acceptable, then it becomes normal, right? If you're um, obviously about supporting the LGBTQ community and you're in a place where, which is... It was in California, OC, but there's a lot of conservatives there. You know, it could make someone comfortable or uncomfortable depending on their background and where they are in their life. And so I I do think there's something to be discussed as to how much do you bring in, you know, your own personal, uh, you know, political ideology into classrooms. Like, where's the line? Well, here's the thing. I think we're seeing... Um, with conversations about critical race theory and all these things and a lot of the stuff that parents, um, especially in conservative areas, are not wanting their students to be taught when it's like actual history. Well, that's different. That shouldn't be politicized. No, but I mean, but But I think a lot of the stuff that he would teach, yeah, even though he's like, he represents himself as Antifa and he has the flag hanging up, maybe he could take the flag down. But I would assume that some of his teachings are very progressive and he would be someone who wants to teach. He's wearing like an a cab shirt and like he's probably teaching defund the police and all these different things that are I think are necessary if you're talking about the bigger picture because those are real life conversations and I think oftentimes with schools you're a lot of times you don't find out about these real life conversations until you're in the real world which is like problematic in my opinion 
So the thing is, I think where the line gets crossed is when you are now saying, well, if you go to a protest, I'll give you more uh, points. Like you'll you'll get a better grade, extra credit uh, and that you are forcing people. I mean, there's a difference in saying, wait, there's a difference between saying, hey, there's all these things happening in the world. Let's talk about it. And let's talk about why these things exist and letting people choose for themselves. But why not if you go to a protest for extra credit? You but he's saying one credit. type of protest. It's only for that type of protest. Well, I'm. What I mean, what what else would you say if you go to a proud boy protest and you get like, no, of course not. But I Antifa think, I think, is. I would say it wasn't just like a pride march. Antifa is a bit different than just that. I don't. I mean, was it actually an Antifa protest? And also, yeah, these things can get dangerous, and then you have kids going to these things, and then yeah, I, I think it's a liability yeah. too. I agree. Right. So in that case, I agree. well, let us know what you think about but this I do teacher. Think of, I want to say this. I do think of, uh, with being a teacher, it's a, it's encouraging and finding creative ways for your students to think about things critically. And I think if he's doing that, then that's awesome. But I also think you have to be careful. There's a fine line. And the poster of the Chinese Communist Party leader <laughs> also. So it could get a bit co- a confusing and complicated. Um, so let us know what you think about this again at LGT Shows where you can find us on social media. Intent. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. If you insist on this, we'll call and have you arrested. We're willing to make a citizen's arrest if necessary. The community has been very clear. We're not putting up with this. You're bullying children and families. And we're not going to have that here. You're, you are acting against the law. And we are taxpayers and we pay your salary. We're not going to have this in bail. And if you try to keep doing this, you're going to have a big problem. Because it's not protocol, it's the law that you follow, not protocol. So that was uh, a dude, a man. Uh, <laughs> it was a, a bunch of guys that came together. They were live streaming themselves, confronting a principal because a son of the man, uh, one of the guys tested positive for COVID and the principal said, okay, you need a quarantine. And the dad had to pick up the son, which sounds pretty normal. But these guys came together to go to the school and they'd zip ties. They were basically going to citizen arrest the principal for doing what she had to do. Who was a woman, by the way, which I would have been freaking out at these two two or three big men are coming threatening me because I'm just following school protocol. Oh, yeah. Like, are you kidding me? It's it's just, it, it feels ridiculous. It, it feels like these people are really over here talking about, oh, she is breaking the law. This is not right, as we heard in this clip. I mean, literally, here's the guy. I mean, he's like, I just, I can't believe he said this. Like, can you actually believe this guy said this? Oh, it's not protocol. It's the law that you follow, not protocol. Are you? Uh, is everyone on drugs? I think, yeah. We're what living is happening in the twilight here? zone. And they also said, we're just coming in to talk first, but our public officials need to know we mean business. One, you're threatening her. Like, you're doing more illegal stuff and also in filming yourselves. Like, that's all the evidence they need. By the way, they left the school grounds before Tucson Police Department officers arrived and the school district is deciding whether or not to press charges. I mean, this is where we've gotten to yeah. as, a, as a society. Like, I know it's divided. People are divisive over this. But when you start physically threatening people, like, you've taken it way too far. I mean, the superintendent, like, the, the school districts have to do something to protect these employees and, like, the principals and the teachers because the super uh, superintendent, John Carthroth, or Cara, Ruth, 
Caruth, whatever his Caruth. name is, he says that he knows tensions are high, but that the parents took things yes. too far. And it's just like, if you know that, then you need to have extra security on hand at that school or at these schools to make sure that this does not happen and that these COVID protocols are being followed no matter what. Like, it's just ridiculous that this is happening. This is in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, what is going on? Law enforcement zip ties. Imagine it. Imagine these guys approaching the school and this woman, this principal, with zip ties. Like, how how inappropriate is this? Yeah, so the guy that um, was live streaming, and you heard him talking in the clip that we played a little bit earlier, um, he's actually an owner of a coffee shop, Viva Coffee in Tuscan. Yep. Tucson. So, Tucson, oh, my bad. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. I think... It's just sad that we're seeing people and parents really act this way when the rest of the world are looking at us and stories and this and they're just like, yeah, we're America's beyond stupid. Well, listen, there needs to be a way to share your thoughts without putting people's lives in danger, right? Like what happened to the email or the call and having a conversation? I don't even think they need to be sharing this. What type of thought is that? I don't know. Just be like... Picking up the kid and then saying, hey, I was wondering why, like, I don't understand. Like, if you don't get it, you need clarification. Have a conversation. Well, actually, the parents would know why. I would hope so. Clearly, they don't <laughs> care that they're not, they're not no, fans we of the know vaccine. Who they, they, we know they're, who we they Like, so, of course, they know why. But it's hard to know because it could be like, we're anti-maskers, but we have the vaccine. But we don't want no, this, but we want this. That's People are not doing that. Anyway. Well, let us know what you think about this whole debacle at LGT shows where you can find us on social media. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. So I love these stories of kids learning from their favorite TV shows and then applying what they learned to real life and saving the world. Well, this is what this 14-year-old did. Lily Swanson, she's obsessed with the Disney Plus show 911 when she noticed a strong burning smell and she immediately stopped to investigate. She was on a walk with her dog and she basically discover this burning fire a building that was burning so she ran home to wake up her dad uh rang 999 which i guess oh yeah she's in the uk 999 that's the same thing as 911 here uh they grabbed ladders and ran to the scene of the crime <laughs> you okay so 911 is the actual Ryan Murphy show, but it's on Disney Plus. By yeah, the way. I know, but she I ran. Thought it was like Dis- I thought it was like the kid version of like a like a I don't know like a, a first responder. Oh, show. got it. Well, she's learning from the show, and she they they brought um, ladders, and they actually saved some folks. By the time the ladder they brought the ladders, some folks left, and then the fire brigade came, as they call the fire department. And because of them, they were able to save lives. So look at that. Watching TV helps the future generation. I'm not going to lie to you. If I was her parent, I would ground her. Oh, shit. No, seriously. She put herself in danger. Well, her dad was with her. She woke up her dad to help her. Yeah. I think that is very admirable and courageous, Lily Swanson. Yeah, what if she would have died? Well, she didn't, and she saved lives. I'm just saying, but what if? Like, I watched, I just watched, finished watching this show called Clickbait, and there was a, one of the kids in that show was trying to do something admirable and, like, get revenge. And for me, I'm just like, no, that is bad decision-making. And I, I know their kids do spontaneous things, but, like, no. I don't think she went in there. She just, like, put a, like, a ladder against the she wall. still could have passed out from all the smoke. Like, anything could have Well, happened. 
With that said, Lily Swanson, <laughs> you get our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. <laughs> but you want to? You might want to take some of Ryan's notes for next. I'm going to be good, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, but that does it for our show today. Tomorrow we are back live here on Channel Q, two to six p.m. Pacific. 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern live. Oh. Michaela Gordon from The Morning Beat is joining me as my guest co-host. Yes, I won't be here. I'm excited because I've never had her here as a guest Oh, she's fun. But, she's a good time. Uh, we will miss you, Ryan, and we're so excited. We'll be watching. Follow him on social media at The Slay God for all his adventures in New York, of yeah, course. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to miss any of this. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm very excited. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, and on tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about what it means to be biromantic. We're going to be talking about why more black families are choosing homeschooling their no, children. Uh, you're not talking about that until I am back. Okay, so stick around. Keep on listening every day for that. Uh, and if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There and subscribe to our podcast. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's covering how to not cheat and dealing with depression. Wow, two intense things. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.